Welcome to the Outdoors is My Therapy podcast, your resource that informs, inspires and empowers you to uplevel your health and happiness by connecting you with the outdoors. I'm your host, Catherine Walton, founder of the Outdoors is My Therapy movement. I'm also a family-focused outdoors adventurer, a business owner and a mental health social worker. In this podcast, I share knowledge, strategies, tips and tricks to help you get outside into nature, strengthen your health and grow your sense of happiness and well-being. This is episode five of the Outdoors Is My Therapy podcast, where we'll be talking about techniques to bring about calm when you feel overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. This is part one of a two-part series. Today, we're going to have a chat about the nature and the purpose of fear. And it's not all bad. And I'll give you a list of action-based strategies that will help you to bring about a sense of calm. And in part two, our next episode, I'll share with you a list of mind-based strategies. So let's get started. I wanted to record this particular podcast and I wrote the blog that goes with it because I'm very conscious of the doom and gloom stories that are often dramatised in the media and particularly recently as the world has been navigating its way around the COVID-19 pandemic. I found for myself that I was needing to really dig into my own store of calming techniques to deal with the fear and the anxiety that was rising for myself. And I figured that you might find some of these useful as well. Now, this episode is not a substitute for counselling or therapy. And if you're feeling distressed, please contact your doctor or your hospital or one of the many helplines that's available in your region or your country. Let's begin by having a look at what is fear. I often like to explain it as fear is the voice in your head that's trying to keep you safe. And that voice sets off a whole chain of responses in your body and your mind that you might recognise when you feel anxious or worried or nervous or stressed. You might have also heard of the fight and flight response, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. Those voices of fear get us ready to fight off the danger, to flee or flight or run away from the danger. And there's a third one that we often don't hear about, but it's just as valid. And that is that the fear voices also can have us freeze. And that's exactly where I found myself a number of weeks ago as the pandemic really took hold around the globe. I found myself almost in a state of paralysis. You know, I was frozen in time almost. I didn't know what was going to happen or what I could do, what I couldn't do, what the future holds for myself, for my business, for my family, for my community. So these voices of fear are really important. Over time, they've helped to keep the human race alive. But the question is, how do we keep those voices of fear in check so that they do their job of keeping us safe, but without stopping us from living a healthy and a fulfilling life? From a bioevolutionary perspective, those voices of fear 
helped the warriors and the chiefs and the village leaders to lead their families and their tribes to safety. It helped them to find shelter from storms, to predict if something bad might be going to happen, to fight off predators and to keep everyone safe together. Now, some things have changed and some things are still the same in our modern world. One of the things that's changed is that our modern world is much less physically active. So in days gone by, our bodies were in constant motion, very physical activities through the day. And our bodies were in tune with our brains that were wired up, searching for danger and responding to danger. And that's really the perfect combination. Some other things that have changed are that we've become disconnected from the outdoors, from nature and even from each other. When you have a look at the housing that most of us live in, it tends to have been constructed according to regulations and standards so that it will withstand the weather and the climate in the area that we live in. And that housing protects us from the sun. It protects us from all sorts of weather, keeps us cool or warm. It keeps us out of the, the storms, the hail, the rain. Another thing that has changed is the way we prepare our food. Most of us don't need to go out hunting and gathering anymore. We tend to go to the supermarket to buy our food. Our transport has also changed. Instead of relying on human-powered transport, most of us have motorised transport to get around. And all around us, we're surrounded by labour-saving devices. So we are living much less active lives and we tend to live lives that are based indoors instead of outdoors. Let's have a look now at some of the signs of fear and anxiety. So as our brains prepare our bodies for danger, we can experience all sorts of sensations and signs that we're getting wired up. And it's probably a little bit different for each individual. But here are some of the very common ones. Ruminating thoughts. This is when a thought comes into your mind and you find yourself stewing on it, going over and over and over the same thing time and time again. And just when you think you've dealt with something and found a solution, it pops back into your mind again. Difficulty sleeping is also a very common sign of fear and anxiety. That could be difficulty getting to sleep, difficulty staying asleep, or early waking, and it could be feeling, you know, really tired when you wake up in the morning, as if you're just not refreshed, you haven't had restorative sleep. And that could also include having bad dreams. Feeling on edge and feeling irritable is another sign of anxiety. And distraction, having difficulty concentrating, body tension, aches, pains, nausea, tiredness or lethargy, and restlessness. You might relate to some of those signs of anxiety and fear more than others. Now, let's get to the best part. What can we actually do about it? I like to categorise our strategies into 
two different types. First of all, there are things that we can do with our bodies. They're actions that we can take, physical things that we can do. And then there are things that we can do in our minds. Now, this is really powerful, but it's quite tricky. And we're going to cover that in the next episode, part two. Let's have a look at some of those action-based strategies now. My number one suggestion is always to spend more time moving your body. Move more, sit less. It's as simple as that. And ideally, exercise for 30 to 60 minutes each day. My suggestion here is also to exercise in the morning if you can, because that really sets you up for a wonderful day ahead. And if you spend time outdoors exercising, you have some added benefits of that natural sunlight helping to reset your body clock, which also helps with your sleep. Spending time in nature is another fabulous action-based calming strategy. Now, if you can't get outside, find some way of bringing nature inside to you. Now, that could be as simple as a pine cone or some flowers a pot plant, even a painting of a natural scene. And when you are spending time with nature or in nature, bring all your senses to that present moment. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you touch or feel? What sensations are there? What can you smell? Hydration and nutrition are also very important action-based strategies. So check in with yourself. Am I drinking plenty of fresh water through the day? And am I feeding my body and my mind nutritious food? Getting plenty of sleep and good quality sleep is essential for managing mood, including anxiety and dealing with fear. Now, we won't have time to go into that in depth today because that's a really big topic area as well. But I will leave a link to my blog on the top 10 tips for a good night's sleep in the show notes, and we'll cover that in a future episode as well. Are you spending time with people whose company that you enjoy? Or if you don't have many friends, how can you go about creating a tribe of people around you? Now, this could be spending time face-to-face -face doing things that you enjoy together, having fun, maybe walking, riding, having a barbecue, doing some gardening. But it doesn't have to be face-to-face, -face, particularly at the moment during a time when a lot of us are in isolation. We can spend time with people online, by phone, using video conferencing such as Skype, Zoom, using text and using social media groups as well. I'll leave a link in the show notes to our Outdoors Is My Therapy Facebook group. We'd love to have you come on over there. Another action that you can take is to spend time being creative and constructive. Do you have any hobbies? This is a great time to work on your hobbies instead of simply scrolling mindlessly or being captivated by the TV. So get up and do something creative and constructive. You can take up yoga, meditation or some breathing practices. Now, there are 
group classes around for these sorts of practices, but there are also apps, there are online classes, and there are many YouTube tutorials that can help guide you through. Spending time laughing is a fabulous way of dealing with anxiety. So watch a funny movie or a comedy show, play some board games or other games with your family or your housemates, listen to some funny podcasts and radio shows. When you start laughing, you'll find yourself breathing deeply and you will relax. And that's just so important when it comes to dealing with anxiety. Watch your posture. How are you holding yourself? Are you hunched over or do you need to remind yourself to pull your shoulders back and to look up, open up your chest cavity so that you can breathe deeply and bring all that wonderful oxygen up to your brain and through your muscles, through your body as well. Perhaps you enjoy a massage to help release tension from your body. Now, if it's not possible at the moment for you to have a massage, maybe you could try giving yourself a head massage or a foot massage. Setting boundaries is a really important action-based strategy. Now, this includes setting boundaries around your own sedentary activities like how much time you're spending on electronic devices. Now, you can set timers, you can set yourself a quota, and there are some apps that are available or or that have built-in data collection there to help you gauge how long you're spending on them. Setting boundaries is also useful when we look at who we're spending time with and how much media we're taking in especially when it comes to those stories of doom and gloom that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. The last action-based strategy that I want to talk to you about today is talking to a professional. This could be a doctor or a counsellor if your fear feels like it's out of control. There are many professionals and there are many resources, including online resources, that can help you. And truly, Asking for help is the hardest part for most of us. Now, we'll go to the garden shop and we'll ask the person at the gar- who works at the garden shop for some help in choosing the right plants for our garden. We want to make sure that the plants we buy are a good match for the conditions and the purpose we have in mind. And asking for help to manage our feelings with anxiety and managing those voices of fear is really no different to that. I think it's also important to remember that fear does bring up other emotions. It can send us into the past and it can zip us into the future quite unexpectedly and we all react differently to that. Some of us, when we're feeling fearful or feeling anxious, will become quiet. We might have a sense of shame and not want to be open about how we're feeling. Some of us might be loud and angry or jumpy and agitated. And how we react in different situations can be different too. So it's really important to have quite a deep store of strategies and techniques that you can draw upon in different situations over time. Now, before we go, 
I wanted to share with you that, that there are a few very broad ways that we can deal with fear. Now, if you think of fear as a form of energy, we know that we can suppress it, holding it down, we can express it, or we can transform it. And I'd really love you to focus on the process of transforming your fear into something productive and constructive, like the actions, those strategies that we've just run run through. So you don't start with all of them, just start with one strategy. And if you'd like to go back over those strategies we've talked about, you can check them on the blog post and I'll leave the link to that in the show notes. So today we've covered quite a bit of information. We've looked at the nature of fear and the purpose of fear, which is to keep us safe from danger. We've had a quick look at the common signs of fear and anxiety that different people experience. And we've had a look at some of the actions that we can take that help us to feel calmer. Those things that we can take charge of, those things that are within our control. And it's over to you now. Which of those strategies are you going to try out today that will bring about a greater sense of calm in your life? I hope that you have fun experimenting with this and I really hope that you let me know how you go as well. Now that's it for this episode of the Outdoors Is My Therapy podcast. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode where we'll be looking at part two of this information covering the mind-based strategies. If you found any of the information handy today, I'd really love it if you'd rate the podcast, let your friends know about it and come and visit me over on my website as well as on social media. So we'll see you over there soon.